Welcome to English Through History. If you enjoy the content, please subscribe or leave us a review. It helps us to create more content and is appreciated by our small team here. If you were in the UK during the late 60s or early 70s, you no doubt will have watched or heard of a TV show called Dad's Army. This comedic TV show portrayed a group of mainly elderly men that formed a local group of Home Guard. These men were the last line of defense in case the Germans invaded and landed on the shores of Britain. The show was popular as many had served or knew someone who had served in the Home Guard. Yet far from the comedic characters depicted, the Home Guard were a serious counter-invasion force and they have a fascinating history. In today's podcast, we will look back at the formation of the Home Guard and their role during World War II. The British Home Guard, officially known as the Local Defence Volunteers, or LDV, during its early years, played a crucial role in the defence of the United Kingdom during World War II. Established in 1940, the Home Guard was a civilian militia composed of local volunteers who were ineligible for regular military service. This was often due to age or other disqualifications. This force became an essential component of Britain's defence strategy during the early years of the war, providing a vital layer of protection against the threat of invasion by German forces. As World War II unfolded, the fall of France in 1940 raised the spectre of a potential German invasion of Britain. With the British army stretched thin and indeed of additional manpower, there was a realisation that a supplementary force could be formed from the civilian population. On May 14, 1940, a radio broadcast by Anthony Eden, the Secretary of State for War, called for the formation of the local defence volunteers, and this initial call to action prompted an overwhelming response from civilians willing to contribute to the defence of their homeland. The idea of a home guard came originally from the Spanish Civil War, in which Captain Thomas Wintringham envisioned a version of the international brigades that were used in Spain. These mainly consisted of ex-servicemen and young people and would support regular army brigades. The idea never took off until 1940, though. Concerns about forming and arming civilians came from politicians who were worried about controlling the population who were armed. But by then, it was too late. Private militia had formed, protecting the warehouses of employers, and calls from newspaper editors and labour ministers asking for free gun permits were, amongst other things, were sent to the ministers. The LDV was not initially well-equipped or organised, and volunteers often brought their own rifles or improvised weapons. Uniforms were in short supply, leading to a diverse array of clothing worn by the volunteers. Despite these challenges, the LDV grew rapidly with hundreds of thousands of men joining the war within a matter of weeks. As the threat of invasion persisted, the LDV underwent a transformation in July 1940. The force was officially renamed the Home Guard, a title that better reflected its role in defending the home front. Despite support from many politicians, the idea of funding the Guard meaningfully and with better equipment never materialised due mainly to the other sceptics within the government thinking, of the that the invasion of Britain was implausible. A key supporter, though, was Winston Churchill, at the time First Lord of the Admiralty. 
he wrote and suggested half a million men over the age of 40 to be formed as a defence force. Major General Henry Pownall, the Deputy Chief of the Imperial General Staff, played a significant role in restructuring and reorganising the force during this period. He set out clear primary and secondary roles for Home Guard units, specifying geographical areas that the units would defend. The Home Guard's primary mission was to act as a secondary defence force, tasked with countering any German incursions and delaying the enemy until regular military forces could be deployed. The force operated on a part-time basis, with many volunteers balancing their Home Guard duties with their civilian jobs. Training sessions were conducted regularly, covering a range of military skills such as marksmanship, patrolling and fieldcraft. The Home Guard was, relative to the time, a diverse and inclusive organisation welcoming volunteers from various backgrounds and professions. While the stereotypical image of the Home Guard often portrayed elderly or unfit individuals, the force included men of all ages who were ineligible for active military service. This diversity contributed to the force's adaptability and resourcefulness. There were even women in the Home Guard in later years, although usually restricted to non-combat roles. Nonetheless, unofficial women's companies formed, such as the Amazon Defense Corps and the Women's Home Defense. The organization of the Home Guard mirrored that of the regular military, with companies, battalions, and regiments forming the structure of the force. Each local unit was responsible for defending its designated area and coordination between units was essential for an effective overall defence strategy. One of the major challenges facing the Home Guard was the lack of proper equipment. In the early days, volunteers often had to make do with outdated or improvised weaponry. Many used bolt-action rifles from World War I, and some even carried shotguns or other civilian firearms. It wasn't until later in the war that the Home Guard received more standardised and modern equipment. Uniforms were another issue, and volunteers initially wore a mix of civilian clothing and whatever military surplus was available. It took time for the Home Guard to be fully equipped with proper uniforms and insignia, but the lack of a standardised appearance did not seem to hinder the members in their roles. The wearing of uniforms themselves had created issues. So as to appear more in line with the regular army, the Home Guard were eventually instructed to appear in uniform. However, as the looming threat of German invasion played in people's minds, there was a hope that if the Home Guard were captured, they would be treated as prisoners of war under the Geneva Convention rather than civilian combatants. This was a thin hope, however, as the Germans had already suggested that they would be killed on the spot as partisans, and examples from other countries reinforced that belief. The fact that British forces also refused uh, to recognise uniforms from captured irregular troops in places like Ireland, did not go unnoticed. There was no doubt that if they were captured, they would most likely be shot. Training was a crucial aspect of Home Guard activities. Volunteers were taught basic military skills, including weapons handling, map reading and tactical manoeuvres. Many Home Guard units conducted regular drills and exercises to ensure that members were prepared for potential engagements. While the training was essential, the part-time nature of Home Guard service meant that many volunteers had limited time to dedicate to their military duties. 
Despite this, the home guard played a vital role in maintaining a defensive posture and providing a psychological deterrent to potential invaders. Although the threat of a German invasion diminished after the Battle of Britain, the Home Guard continued to play a significant role in the defence of the UK throughout the war. The force was incorporated into the broader defence strategy and plans were developed for their involvement in case of an actual invasion. The Home Guard's mission in the event of an invasion was to engage the enemy, disrupt their advance and provide crucial time for regular military to mobilise and to counterattack. The force was expected to operate as guerrilla fighters, utilising their knowledge of local terrain and infrastructure to impede the progress of any invading force. Up until the end of the war, the Home Guard manned roadblocks and guarded coastal areas. The Home Guard's contribution to the war effort was significant, not only in terms of its potential role in defence, but also in boosting civilian morale. The volunteers demonstrated a strong sense of duty and patriotism, willingly stepping forward to defend their country during a time of crisis. Despite the fact that Germany never managed to invade Britain, that wasn't to say that the Home Guard were not involved in active combat. During the Battle of Britain, the Home Guard shot down several German fighters and were often involved in firefights with German planes. They had a second role during the uh, and after the Blitz, disposal of ordnance dropped after the bombing and assisting with evacuations into bomb shelters. The Home Guard tragically actually lost over a thousand men to unexploded bomb disposal and rocket attacks. As the war progressed, the Home Guard continued to evolve. By 1943, the threat of invasion had diminished and the force's focus shifted towards supporting civilian defense efforts and preparing for possible unconventional warfare scenarios. Some Home Guard units were even equipped with more modern arms and heavy artillery as the war demands changed. The Home Guard was officially stood down on December 3, 1944, as the immediate threat of invasion had passed, and the war had shifted in favour of Allied forces. The contributions of the Home Guard were widely recognised, and its members were praised for their dedication and service. Over the years, the Guard numbered around 1.7 million members, serving along Britain's coastal villages, outlets and vulnerable landing areas, manning reinforced concrete pillboxes and anti-tank cubes, of which you can see scattered around the country still today. The British Home Guard, out, born out of the urgent need to defend the United Kingdom during a perilous time, became a symbol of resilience and determination. Composed of volunteers from all walks of life, the Home Guard played a crucial role in the early years of World War II, providing a vital layer of defence against the threat of invasion. While their equipment may have been modest and their training often limited by the part-time nature of their service, the Home Guard's impact went beyond its military capabilities. The spirit of volunteerism and the willingness of ordinary citizens to stand up in defence of their homeland showcased the strength of the British people during the challenging period in history. The legacy of the Home Guard endures as a testament to the power of community, patriotism and the ability of individuals to make a difference in the face of adversity. The force's role in the early years of World War II remains a significant chapter in the history of the United Kingdom.